Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Another fake issue. It's unbelievable. These pseudo-issues. A hypothetical question by George Stephanopoulos, a Clinton hitman. And I'll get into that later. And did you notice, Mr. Producer, because I sent it to you for posting, my immediate comments about the Democrats are criticizing the president. Isn't it Hillary Clinton and the DNC that funded efforts by a foreign ex-spy to collude with the Russians? Remember that? Well, because we put it up on our massive social media sites at Facebook and Twitter, that has been the response of virtually every radio host, every TV host, and every Republican in the country. But there's even better responses. There's even better responses. But first, ladies and gentlemen, I have in front of me a list of some of what Bernie Sanders is proposing, and I want to read it to you. Citizens of the United States should have the right to work, that is, are guaranteed the right to employment and payment for their work in accordance with its quantity and quality. Citizens of the United States have the right to rest and leisure, the institution of annual vacations with full pay for workers and employees, and the provision of a wide network of sanatoria, rest homes, and clubs for the accommodation of the working people. Citizens of the United States have the right to maintenance in old age and also in case of sickness or loss of capacity to work. And this right is ensured by the extensive development of social insurance of workers and employees at state expense. Free medical service for the working people and the provision of a wide network of health resorts for the use of the working people. Citizens of the United States have the right to education. The right to ensured by universal compulsory elementary education by education including higher education, being free of charge, by the system of state stipends for the overwhelming majority of students in the universities and colleges. Actually, that's not Bernie Sanders. You know what that is? That's Chapter 10 of the 1936 Soviet Constitution. Sounds so swell, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? All kinds of freebies and luxuries and leisure and state provisions and subsidies. The right to work. The right to a quality job. The right to rest and leisure. Rest homes. Clubs for working people. Accommodations. The right to maintenance and old age and so forth and so on. Does not the old Soviet Union Constitution of 1936, Chapter 10, sound like a Bernie Sanders platform? Does it not, Mr. Producer? Exactly. 
In fact, Bernie Sanders goes further. Why am I telling you this? Because history is very, very important. Bernie Sanders is stealing some of his proposals from the 1936 Soviet Constitution, including Chapter 10. And he knows that nobody on the face of the continental United States will know that he's doing it. But here I am, little old Mark. I know he's doing it. I know he's doing it. He's not challenged. He's not seriously questioned. People sit there in awe of how he how he puts together these proposals. Sounds like Elizabeth Warren. But Elizabeth Warren is a wannabe. Bernie Sanders is the real deal. The real deal. Many of Bernie Sanders' proposals come right out of the Soviet Constitution of 1936. Now, all you backbenchers out there in this business, I'm sure you're going to repeat this tomorrow. You can find this, what I read, on page 205 and 206 of Ameritopia. Every one of my books have a purpose. And how did that turn out in the Soviet Union? Is this what people got? Is this how people lived? The book's called Ameritopia for a reason. Is this the kind of utopia people people were able to live? Or was it a dystopia? That is, a hell on earth. It was a hell on earth. If you were actually teaching history in our public schools and universities and colleges, people would know what Bernie Sanders is, is propagandizing about. This is exactly why Bernie Sanders won't come on this radio show. This is exactly why Bernie Sanders won't come on Life, Liberty, and Levin or Levin TV. Bernie Sanders won't come within a 10-mile radius of Mark Levin because I know who he is and I know exactly what he's doing. He's lifting ideas from the old Soviet 1936 Constitution. That's what he's doing. Clowns like Elizabeth Warren are doing the same thing. They just don't know it. The other clowns who are running, they just don't know it either. He gives this big speech on socialism yesterday. We unravel that, I think, uh, better than most and That's been linked to on my social sites. Free things, ladies and gentlemen. Free things. Well, don't believe it for a minute. All right. All right, we have to deal with another manufactured issue, a pseudo-event, a hypothetical question raised by Clinton hitman George Stephanopoulos, who has now secreted himself within the media, as most of the left do, as a major journalist at ABC News. And so let's take a listen to this. I'm sure you've heard others talk about it, but you haven't heard me talk about it. Let's go. Cut four, go. And then the report comes out, and they didn't even say, they they hardly even talked about it. Should he have gone to the FBI when he got that email? Okay, let's put yourself in a position. You're a congressman. Somebody comes up and says, hey, I have information on your opponent. Do you call the FBI? I don't think it's coming from Russia, you do. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. In my whole life. 
I don't, you don't call the FBI. You throw somebody out of your office, you do whatever Al you Al Gore got a stolen briefing book, he called the FBI. Well, that's different, a stolen briefing book. This isn't a stolen, this is somebody that said, we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Life doesn't the work FBI that way. The FBI director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Your campaign this time, Brad, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? Now, let's just stop here. None of this has happened. None of this has happened. This is a pseudo-event that turns into news. And it'll be talked about and talked about. Now I have to talk about it. I'll be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. I'll be talking about it. I'm sure it'll be asked of me. Because this is what the modern mass media do. This isn't news. This was a hypothetical question. And a hypothetical answer to a hypothetical question. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing actually took place. Zero. Nothing. Go ahead. I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called. By the way, how would you know, as as a rational question, ladies and gentlemen, how would you even know whether to turn it over to the FBI if you don't listen to it or read it? By osmosis? So would you accept it? Well, first, you must accept it if you're going to turn it over to the FBI. You either must listen to it, depending on what it is, or read it. And he says, I might do both. I don't know why this is controversial. I don't know why Republicans are slobbering all over themselves. I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't answer it that way. Democrats, of course, we know what they're capable of, and I'm not done with them. Oh, I got a doozy. Go ahead. Norway. We have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd And by the way, how do you know that's interference in the election? You might take it and turn it over to the FBI. Did I hear him say, yes, I want foreign governments interfering in our election? Did you hear that, Mr. Producer? I didn't hear that. Did anyone else hear that? So why is he spinning it right in front of us? Go ahead. FBI, if I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with... Just said I would give it to the FBI if I thought there was something wrong. I don't understand what this controversy is about. It's all manufactured. It's stupid. Go ahead. They come up with our research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. Now, it's very interesting to hear the Democrats and the media whine about this. As I put on my social sites this morning, it's been repeated all over the country. This is the same party that wants to know nothing. Nothing about the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC and Fusion GPS and the hiring of a foreign ex-British spy who did what? Who affirmatively went to the Kremlin to talk to apparatchiks, right? And then used it in the Obama police state tactics at the FBI and the Department of Justice and intelligence agencies to try and destroy the candidacy of this president. I mean, they took affirmative steps to collude, didn't they? Affirmative steps. 
Now, the real question would have been if George Stephanopoulos, for once in his life, had gone up to Barack Obama or Nancy Pelosi and said, let me ask you a question. Do you think it was wrong for Hillary Clinton to spend money and the DNC to spend money and launder it through this law firm and get it to Fusion GPS who further laundered it to hire this ex-British spy who then in turn affirmatively contacted Russian apparatchiks, got false information to use against Donald Trump? Do you think that should have been done? Do you know that question's never been asked of Nancy Pelosi or Barack Milhouse Benito Obama? Never. And that's not a hypothetical question. That actually happened. Their committees don't want to know about it. Their reporters don't want to know about it. They don't want to know butkus. But I've got some more answers, too. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. By the way, tonight's edition of Levin TV, which is a blockbuster, and although it's only 15 minutes, it's available in front of the paywall, and we've linked to it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, you can see how we do the program, but it's on this very topic. What else? I saw Nancy Pelosi up there at the podium. She definitely has some kind of a nerve issue or something's going on. Her hands are flailing around out of sync with her mouth. It's bizarre. But that aside, she found this appalling, unethical, and another issue for potential impeachment. She is mentally unhinged. This would be the same Nancy Pelosi, who I believe it was 2007, took a trip to Syria to visit the mass-killing genocidal maniac, the father of the current mass-killing genocidal maniac in Syria, against the wishes of George W. Bush and his administration undermining their foreign policy. This would be the same Democrat Party that in 1987, their speaker again, this time Jim Wright, went to Nicaragua to visit Ortega, among others, to try and negotiate some kind of foreign policy deal against the direct wishes of the Reagan administration. But even more on point, this would be the same Democrat Party 
who lavishes praise all over Ted Kennedy, the lion of the Senate. And Ted Kennedy, as you know, if you listen to this program in 1983, made entreaties to the head of the KGB through a surrogate friend of his, a former senator, and ultimately to the top of the Soviet Union Communist Party, which Ted Kennedy was providing them with advice on how to defeat Reagan because he thought Reagan wasn't handling the Soviet Union very well, and he wanted Reagan defeated in his re-election for a second term. You aware of this? That's the greatest interference with our election that I can think of, except by the Obama administration, which the Democrats don't want to know anything about for obvious reasons. And so they're all in a lather over a hypothetical to the president and a hypothetical response by the president. Complete pseudo-event, non-news, nothing happened, nothing at all happened. There wasn't foreign oppo research. It wasn't presented to the president. He didn't use it. He didn't present it to the FBI. None of it happened. But that's George Stephanopoulos, a Clinton hitman, who now is a bigwig with ABC News. Yet we have factual information, historic information, information relevant to today that the Democrat Party never wants to talk about. Obama's never confronted about what his administration did. Hillary Clinton's never confronted about how her campaign funded all this. The DNC's never never confronted. <laughs> Excuse me. Not even a hearing on it. Where's this clown Richard Burr, the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, the Repubic? Where is this Repubic? Nowhere. Hiding out in the cafeteria of the Senate, I guess. But that's it. This is why unfreedom, excuse me, this is why unfreedom of the press is as popular as it is. Not because of me. Because the press doesn't believe in freedom of the press. Now let's listen to Mitt Romney. He's piled on. He's so irrelevant. Hat tip, the hill, cut five, go. That would be simply unthinkable for a candidate for president to accept that involvement to encourage it to participate with it in any way, shape, or form. It would strike at the very heart of our democracy. Why are you such an ass? Why do you play these games? Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, what a lousy president he would have been if he had been elected? This is the real Mitt Romney, the former governor of Massachusetts. This is the real Mitt Romney, Mr. Romney Care. I don't know. This guy is a problem, Mitt Romney. Is it jealousy that he didn't get elected president and Trump did? I'm quite serious. This would strike at the heart of our democracy. What would strike at the heart of our democracy? He said he'd listen, he'd take it. Necessary, give it to the FBI. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arne argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, 
you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is Liberty's 911 Hotline. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Tell you what's amazing about this question. From, of all people, George Stephanopoulos. During the uh, Clinton campaign for re-election, the Clinton campaign and the DNC took millions of dollars from the Chinese military. You've heard of the Riyadi Group, Johnny Chung, and others. It's in the book, Unfreedom of the Press. It's so timely, it's unbelievable. Millions. They were handing out money in... in, in in numbers, serial numbers, in bags, by the tens of thousands of dollars. But millions of dollars wound its way into the uh, Clinton campaign and into the DNC. Really, the only liberal news outlet that was focused on this in any consistent way was the Los Angeles Times. Because a lot of these individuals were based out there in L.A. Washington Post... Barely cared. New York Times barely cared. And there was never a special counsel. Janet Reno refused to appoint one. The one time she refused. So the red Chinese army was interfering in our election in a significant way to help Bill Clinton and the Democrat Party. Democrat candidates in other races also received support. And uh, I don't remember the Democrat Party worried about interference. I don't know where Mitt Romney was. But again, that's reality. That's a fact. That's not a hypothetical. That's what they did. Reality. A fact. Not a hypothetical. And that fool Pelosi says this hypothetical, the president's answer to that hypothetical, that's just another area we have to investigate as part of this impeachment thing. This, This is unbelievable to me. And clowns like Mitt Romney go for it. Mitt Romney is a, is a buffoon. An absolute buffoon. None of this has happened. Except on the Democrat side, which is worse. The Russians didn't present the Democrat Party and the Hillary campaign with information. The Hillary campaign and the Democrat Party paid for it. Paid for it. George Will is on a book tour. Unfortunately, it's failing. Nobody's interested in what he has to say or what he has to write. Only because he's very flawed. He's a never-Trumper. You can be critical of the president without being a never-Trumper, but he's a never-Trumper. He is a hate-on. And so he's been on MSNBC, and now he's on CNN. And here's what he had to say. John Berman, this guy, wasn't he a sports guy, Mr. Producer? Am I missing something? Different Berman? All right, well, this guy's an idiot anyway. Cut six, go. 
And you said, and again, I was struck by the fact that Donald Trump, the president, gave that interview from inside the Oval Office to George Stephanopoulos. Those words spoken inside the Oval Office. Oh, well, wow. Inside. Whoa. Inside the Oval Office. Would that be the same Oval Office where Bill Clinton uh, had sex with an inch? I think it is, Mr. Producer. I think it is. Would that be the same Oval Office where John Kennedy ordered the IRS to give him files on his enemies or where Lyndon Johnson did the same? Plus with the epi- that <laughs> That Oval Office? Yes, I think so. Go ahead. The president has done more damage, more lasting damage to the country than Richard Nixon did. What do you mean by that? Well, Richard Nixon's burglaries and other, other uh, abuses of power were surreptitious. They were secret, and when exposed, they were tidied up, and we moved on. What Mr. Oh, Trump- oh, 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 this is so ridiculous. Surreptitious, and when they were tidied up, we moved along. I don't know what he's talking about. See, ladies and gentlemen, Nixon used to be the, the one they hated the most. Nixon and Watergate, Watergate and Nixon. We'd never seen anything like this. Well, of course we had. What Nixon had done was done in spades by LBJ and JFK, but Nixon was on the wrong side of the aisle. I'm just being honest with you. Just being honest with you. Been done in spades by FDR, Woodrow Wilson. But Nixon was unpopular in Washington, D.C., much like Trump is and Reagan is and so forth. George Will's been here since forever. We tidied it up and we moved along. No, we didn't. No, we didn't at all. You still have these ex-Watergate prosecutors all over TV, long in the tooth. The two slobs that uh, that covered uh, Watergate for the Washington Compost basically were getting leaks from the uh, number two at the FBI. Wow. What journalism. And, of course, the Washington Post still uh, believes that's its, its best period ever. Anyway, let's go back to George. Go ahead. This damaging to the country is public and constant. It is a, a bell he's ringing that can't be unrung. He is putting into our civic discourse a level of, of conversation and of name-calling and of abuse. Really? Really, George? Well, you're on two networks, MSNBC and CNN, I call the president Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and a racist and a white supremacist and an anti-Semite and a this and a that and the other. So why do you why do you deign yourself to go on these networks that that uh, that undermine the public discourse and the civil society, sir? Boy, do you hate Trump? Go ahead. That will now seem perfectly normal in the future. Uh, try to imagine any president prior to this one, referring overseas to an opponent, as he did to uh, uh, Mr. Biden, as quoting a dictator of North Korea, actually misquoting him, saying that uh, Mr. Biden is a low IQ idiot. That's just not the way. I I mean, our children, if they were... He didn't call him Hitler. He didn't call him an existential threat. He didn't call him any of those things. None of those things. So why does George Will ignore all that? Does it bother George Will that the Obama administration sent spies to the Trump campaign? He never brings that up. Does it bother him? Isn't that a big deal? The Attorney General calls them spies too. It's a three-letter word to quote Joe Biden. S-P-Y-S. 
Yeah, 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 I know. S-B-I-E-S. I'm just playing. So why doesn't he bring those things up? He doesn't bring up the abuses of power by, the, by these committee chairmen. None of this stuff. Go ahead. Ten years old. We'd send them to their room without supper if they talked like that. Hmm. And then there's Susan Rice. She and the others were so busy unmasking American citizens. They needed to wear a neck brace. They were, they were moving so fast. And of course, she's interviewed by Andrea Mitchell. And wait till you hear the, the pressing question, the, the insightful question by Andrea Mitchell to Susan Rice. So they bring in these Democrats. They bring in these Obama officials, these Clinton officials to comment on Trump. Isn't that, isn't that shocking? And, and Romney, of course. Cut seven, go. What is your view of the president opening the door to foreign assistance in 2020? The president did not open the door to foreign assistance in 2020. That would be Hillary Clinton and the DNC and the Obama administration. Let's stop playing games. Let's stop playing games. But what kind of question is that from the people defending freedom of the press, don't you know? Go ahead. Well, Andrew, this is extremely serious. Uh, The stark reality, the sad truth is that we have a president of the United States who's not playing on America's team. He is invited. Listen to this idiot. She of the administration that trashed America wherever her boss traveled. She of the administration who treated our allies like Netanyahu. Like some jerk off the, excuse me, uh, dump that. Like some jerk. She was part of the cabal that gave $150 billion to the Iranian regime. And look at them today. Blowing up oil freighters. Go ahead. Foreign interference in our presidential elections. He said that, and finally admitted, in fact, that he sees nothing wrong with collusion, which is, in fact, what happens when you accept information from a foreign entity. And he said, in effect, that he'd do it again. He sees no problem with a president of the United States being beholden to a foreign power, even a foreign hostile power, as inevitably one would be if you accepted information and support from a foreign government. They have their claws into you and they can manipulate you. Mm-hmm. How about if the, your own government is doing that? The Obama administration. How about if they're interfering with the election? Do you see what I mean? How ridiculous this whole thing is? They bring in Obama officials. Why didn't she ask Susan Rice? What did you know about the spies in the Trump campaign? What did you know about the FISA courts? What did you know about the unmasking? What did you know about the setup of Lieutenant General Flynn? With whom were you in communication? Why were you the one that wrote the after the fact email saying we're doing everything straight by the book when in fact you weren't? Remember that? Why did you tell the IT guy at the White House to stand down when he was concerned about Russia tapping into the IT system at the White House. Why doesn't Andrea Mitchell ask any of those questions? Well, the answer is simple. Andrea Mitchell's Mitchell's on that team. She's a progressive and a Democrat. First chapter, 
of unfreedom of the press. That's who she is. That's what she is. You can see this all over the place. So we have, as I say in the book, a pseudo issue that goes on and on and on and on. It's a phony issue. Hypothetical question, hypothetical answer. Then you have real news, which, of course, they don't want to talk about, where real interference solicited by the DNC and the Hillary campaign and misconduct on the part of the Obama administration. No questions. Here they have Obama officials, national security, law enforcement. They're not asking them the questions. And here you have a Clinton official dressed up as a reporter for ABC trying to set up the current president of the United States. It's all in the book. This is what they're doing. It's playing out exactly as expected. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. What about the Feinstein family, her husband, relationship with Red China? What about Hunter Biden? And how foreign governments are making him a very, very rich man. I mean, I could go on and on here, ladies and gentlemen. President answers a hypothetical. And there's Romney and George Will, never Trumpers, as you might expect. There's Democrats all around in the media. President hasn't done anything. That's the bottom line. It's always the bottom line. He hasn't done anything to any newspaper. He hasn't unleashed the IRS or the FBI against any journalist or publisher. He hasn't put anyone in prison or shut down any newspapers like other presidents. He, uh, he hasn't colluded with any foreign power. And yet others have. So they ask him a hypothetical. And everybody in Washington, like the Rockettes, dancing from one end of the stage to the other. This, uh, that would be simply unthinkable, says Romney, for a candidate for president to accept that involvement, to encourage it. to. How's your money in the Cayman Islands, you big dummy? Does that influence any of your thoughts, any of your votes? How about your kids, all 27 of them? What are they doing? What are they invested with? How about this Hunter Biden? Can't ask about Hunter Biden. No. His connections to the Russians and the Ukrainians. No, no, no. Can't ask. Can't ask. 
Why not? That could influence uh, Big Dumb Joe. No, no, can't ask. It's the hypothetical. We're focused on the hypothetical. Does Mitt Romney have any interest in Hunter Biden? None. Zero. Could care less. George Will? Never. Susan Rice? Of course not. Why would they care? How about Feinstein and her big dummy husband and all their investments over the years in Red China? No, no, no. Who cares? No big deal. How about in the 1990s when the Red Chinese military was investing in the Clinton campaign and the DN... It doesn't matter. We have a hypothetical here and it's very important hypothetical. By George Stephanopoulos, of course. Nancy Pelosi. Cut eight. Go. Yesterday, the president gave us once again evidence that he does not know right from wrong. It's a very sad thing. Very sad thing that he does not know right from wrong. What what does that mean? He doesn't know right from wrong. How so? He wants to secure the border. He wants to help the American citizen as well as these foreigners who are harming themselves, endangering themselves. He's standing up to Iran and North Korea and Russia and China and Cuba. Or as they say in Massachusetts, Cuba. Uh, That seems right from wrong. Uh, He's standing with the Israelis against the terrorists. That seems to know right from wrong. What the hell is she talking about? Go ahead. That he has been involved in a criminal cover-up. I've said that before. I believe he's been involved in a criminal cover-up. You know who she's sounding more and more like, Mr. Producer? Stalin. I believe he's been involved in a criminal cover-up. I don't care about Mueller. I don't, no, no, no. I have proclaimed that he's been involved in a criminal cover-up. And I proclaim she is mentally unhinged. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know, Peter Schweitzer has said, that uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden went to China in December 2013. And 10 days after that trip, Hunter Biden gets a billion-dollar deal with the Chinese government. In 2014, he strikes a deal with the Ukrainians, and it's covered a little bit, but they don't know the terms. It says we go from China to Ukraine and now Romania, where this businessman in Romania, Mr. Popovich, Brought up on corruption charges and convicted in his own country, according to the Romanian media, he hires Hunter Biden to lobby on his behalf into the United States, in effect to get the U.S. government to call off the Ukrainians from their prosecution and eventual imprisonment of this businessman. And by the way, during this time, he was not registered as a lobbyist. So you know what they would be doing if the name was Don Jr., that is Donald Trump Jr. or Ivanka Trump or Eric Trump or just the last name Trump. 
But they're very worried, you see, about foreign interference in our country. Very strange, isn't it? And then we have uh, the genius that goes by the name of Jake Tapper, or as we call him here, Fake Tap Out. And he gets very constitutional on us. And he tweets out today at 11.49 a.m. in response to the Stephanopoulos hypothetical. Federalist 68 talks about, quote, the desire in foreign powers to gain an improper ascendant in our councils, unquote. As one of our, quote, most deadly adversaries of Republican government, unquote. I wonder if fake tapout is aware that Virtually everything the Democrat candidates for president are promoting is rejected in the Federalist Papers. He doesn't cite the Federalist Papers, does he? In response to Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or Joe Biden or any of the rest of them, does he? Does he cite the Federalist Papers when it comes to them? No. He doesn't cite the Federalist Papers when it comes to the Hillary Clinton campaign or the DNC and their interference in our campaign. No, never. No tough questions for Obama. No tough questions for Susan Rice, Rice, Nancy Pelosi. None. None. Let's go to cut nine, Nancy Pelosi. Go ahead. There is in the law that you cannot accept contributions, and that includes in kind, from a foreign campaign. So so now a contribution is opposition research from a foreign country. Well, let me ask you a question. Is the reverse true? Can you make a contribution, an in-kind contribution, that is, provide information to candidates in a foreign country to defeat a candidate you might oppose? In other words, when the Obama administration used cutouts and money from the State Department to try and defeat Prime Minister Netanyahu two rounds ago, did that violate federal law, Nancy Pelosi? I'm just curious. When Ted Kennedy was colluding with the Kremlin against Ronald Reagan? Did that violate campaign finance laws? These people are so stupid. It has nothing to do with campaign finance laws. Nothing. Nothing. Otherwise, Hillary Clinton would be in prison again. She'd be in prison for life and her violations of the Espionage Act, and she'd be in prison again, you see, because she affirmatively solicited information. From Russians via Fusion GPS and via the British ex spy. Does it not amaze you? She's at a press conference today, and not a single person stands up and challenges her or raises any of this? Why is that? Because we don't have a free press. We have a Democratic Party press. Go ahead. Government, that is in the law. But if it needs more clarity, uh, then we will go the duty to report. That's not that only you don't accept it, but you report it. Uh, to what, the what, what is she rambling about? Does anybody know? Anybody have any idea? 
Doesn't it sound like she has a bunch of mashed potatoes in her mouth in addition to her head? Go ahead. I, uh, because this is, it's an invasion of our democracy. What so is an invasion of our democracy? He answered a (laughs) a hypothetical question by a Clinton hitman in a hypothetical response. Did the president not say if the information was of such a kind that, yes, you should turn it over to the FBI? No, I heard him say that. And how do you know what information is unless you read it, that is, accept it, look at it? Is this the dumbest argument? Next thing you know, he'll call Pelosi nasty. What did you mean? She's nasty? Or her statement is nasty? Which is it? She's nasty or her statement's nasty? Which is it? And besides, he hates women. I mean, this is, this is the circle. It goes round and round and round. Go ahead. Right here, but there is language in the law that prohibits any uh, contribution. And again, contribution is in kind information or whatever. No, it's that not. Is. Listen to it's in kind information or whatever that is. <laughs> so, all, you know what they ought to do then, Mr. Producer? They ought to have crime tape and wrap it around the Capitol building. Just wrap it around the Capitol building. So now, if you get information, why does it have to be limited to a foreign government? If you get information from anybody that you might use in your campaign, that's a contribution, right? It doesn't have to be from a foreign entity. If this is the theory, this is the argument that this is what the law is, if you get information from anybody about your opponent that might be helpful to you, and you use it, you accept it, that's a crime, then we better wrap crime tape around the Capitol building because they're all criminals. Go ahead. We want to make sure that it has more clarity and carries a responsibility to report. You, what the hell are you saying? But Nancy can always be outdone by Hakeem Jeffries, who ran to MSLSD today because that's what leftists do. By Stephanie Rule, also dumb as a doorknob. Cut 10, go. What? We must start with this. Do you make of the president saying right there in the open he'd accept help from foreigners in the next election? Now, isn't this interesting? Is she the reporter or the politician? He said he would take the information, like opposition research, and if there's information that's of the sort that he should report to the FBI, he will. Well, he's encouraging influence in our election. Hillary Clinton paid for influence in our election. The DNC paid for influence in our election. The Obama administration, through law enforcement and our intelligence agencies, interfered with our election. But Donald Trump is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. He's the problem. And they bring these same clowns in to attack him. Hakeem Jeffries, for God's sakes. He doesn't give a damn about what the Russians did. In connection with Hillary Clinton? That is her bought and paid for dossier? Go ahead. It's a shocking statement. Accepting assistance from a hostile foreign power like Russia is treasonous behavior. He didn't say he would accept assistance from a hostile foreign power like Russia. Did he? Did he say that somewhere, Mr. Producer? Seriously. 
Didn't he even say Norway? One of these Scandinavian countries. This is unbelievable. You got Bernie the Red, who's running a campaign based on the Stalinist Constitution of 1930. I can't say that. Don't say that. You got Joe Biden, whose son is all wrapped up with China and the Ukraine and all the rest, making a fortune. Can't bring him up. No. You got a Mueller report that says nothing about Clinton, the DNC, the dossier, the foreign spy, the Russians, the spies, the FBI put in it. Not a word. But Trump, oh, that Trump, I'll tell you what, George Well said, you know, he's really undermining the discourse in the civil society. Oh, yes, he is. And then we turn to Hakeem Jeffries, an independent thinker if there ever was one. It's a shocking statement. Accepting assistance from a hostile foreign power like Russia is treasonous behavior. Let me ask you something, Hakeem. Since you're an expert on treasonous behavior, you must know. When a former Secretary of State of your party, who was also a former Democrat nominee who ran for president in your party, John F. Kerry, that is John F. U. Kerry, is working behind the back of the current Secretary of State, behind the back of the current President of the United States, advising the Iranian Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, our enemy, on how to deal with our president. Do you find that treasonous, Mr. Hakeem Jeffries? You don't say a damn thing about it. That would be the same John Kerry who undermined us when we were in Vietnam, who you nominated to run for president. Now, Beto O'Rourke, in between teeth cleanings and haircuts, and who knows what. He got in on this too. Cut 11, go. I think the president's answer to George Stephanopoulos yesterday underscores the importance of moving forward with impeachment. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, the hypothetical question and the hypothetical answer is an impeachable offense. It's impeachable. We cannot have this. We just cannot have this in the office of the presidency. Just as his election was an impeachable offense. It's impeachable. It's an impeachable offense. And this underscores the problem, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? The hypothetical question underscores the problem by the, by the Clinton hitman. And so now we, now we know that Trump must be impeached. Go ahead. Not only does that ensure that we get the facts and to the truth about what happened to our democracy in 2016. What, 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 excuse me? You see, ladies and gentlemen, Nadler, Schiff, Cummings, and the other bozos, this will ensure we get the facts of the 2016 campaign. I said this the other day, and it deserves underscoring because I think it's actually crucial. We have not had a peaceful transition of power from one party to the other, or one president to the other. It never happened. We have not, backbenchers, pay attention. We have not had a peaceful transition of power from Obama to Trump. They will not accept his election. They will not accept the results of the Electoral College. They will not accept it. And they've thrown prosecutors at this president. They're throwing subpoenas at this president. They're throwing federal judges at this president. They're throwing everything they can think of at this president. 
porn stars, porn star lawyers, psychiatrists from Yale, phony book writers, everybody, throw it in there, throw it in there, throw it in there. It's not working. It's not working. One more, shall we? Mark Warner, who runs as a moderate in Virginia, don't you know? Very bizarre man, quite frankly. And he's there with Raju Manu, Raju Manu of CNN. Cut 12, go. So this morning the president tweeted that you should have contacted the FBI after being contacted by some hoaxer. What is he yeah. talking about? Well, I don't have any idea. I think he's talking about... You see, about that, that's a tough question. When, when, I don't know. What is he talking about? He's got to be deranged. What is he talking about, Senator? Yeah, no, no. yeah, there's a softball. Hit it over the plate. Go ahead. Mr. Schiff, um, but I would say this. When, when I had contact with someone that, uh, uh, that's been reported, the first thing I did was, of course, I contacted the FBI. The Republicans this morning are also equating Christopher Steele's work as a former British agent and his effort to help dig up dirt in Hillary Clinton's campaign, saying that she should have contacted the FBI. Is there an analogy here? Is this so, you see, rather than ask the question, it's the Republicans, you're a Democrat, you can hit this out of the park. Let me set this up for you. Go ahead. Well, no, I would say on a going forward basis, if there are foreign agents trying to intervene in our election, there ought to be an affirmative obligation for any presidential campaign to report to the FBI. So let me ask you a question, Warner. That is your name. So when the Russians were interfering in our election, why didn't you tell the president? You didn't. That is the candidate, Trump. When the Russians were interfering in our election, why didn't you inform candidate Trump rather than try and set him up? When the Russians were interfering in our election, why did the Obama administration wait till about a week before the general election to tell the nation? And the answer is they felt Hillary Clinton was going to win, so they didn't want to kind of dirty up her victory. But they've all but dirtied up the president's victory. So they should tell the FBI... And what if it's the FBI that's interfering in our election? What do you think about that, Mr. Warner? How about you, Manju Raju? How about you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. the violent language that comes out of the left and the Democrat Party. Just listen to this guy, Cohen. You would think a buffoon like him wouldn't continue to appear on CNN and MSNBC, but that is your Democrat Party press. I want you to listen to this. Cut 13, go. I think the 2020 elections will rid us of him, but I think he's a present danger, and that if we don't do something uh, to assure, and I think impeachment proceedings will help see that he's beaten, but that's not the reason to do it. I think we have a moral imperative to bring those charges, and the House at least stand up and do its responsibility, even if the Senate won't. I think we'll see blood on our hands. I think we'll see soldiers dying because this man will find a way to wag the dog, get us into a war, to improve his standing, and to make him feel like he's a man and not just the young guy that got sent off from the Upper East Side of Manhattan to the military school up upstate. Hey, just li- listen to this. This guy's certifiable, and he's on CNN. Why would you bring a man like this on CNN? 
You don't have to agree with them, but they do agree with them. This guy, Steve Cohen, is the worst of the worst, among them anyway. Listen to how he's talking about the President of the United States. And notice George Will won't say a word about Steve Cohen. He won't say a word about CNN and their coverage because he's there. They're promoting him. He won't say a word about MSNBC and their coverage and Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski and all the other lowlights because that's the only place he has to go right now. Mitt Romney won't comment on Steve Cohen's comments. He won't even be asked about Steve Cohen's comments. And by the way, when has Mitt Romney taken a lead on the Hillary Clinton DNC interference in the election, the FBI interference in the election, the spies put into the Trump campaign? He's absolutely silent on these matters, isn't he? I'll be right back. Worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Demand letters from the IRS are hitting the mail now, aren't they? If you owe back taxes, you may be receiving one of them quite soon. And when it arrives, well, you'll have questions like, is it true that the IRS can garnish my paycheck? Can the IRS really take my home and bank accounts? And can they get my retirement savings? The answer is yes to all that. The IRS can do that and more. But there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an official government program for tax debt assistance. Nobody knows more about the Fresh Start Initiative than the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. Now, Optima's mission is to stand between you and the IRS, fighting to protect your paycheck and assets and helping you get the best deal possible. But don't delay because the IRS can tack a hefty penalty and interest on you every day. Call Optima now for your free consultation, your free consultation, while you still have options. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300, 800 Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. So Kellyanne Conway. So there's another little bureaucratic operation where all these little leftists are hiding out. They've done an examination of Kellyanne Conway's public comments, and she's critical of Democrats and people running against the president and so forth. And they say she's covered by the Hatch Act, so she's not allowed to be political. So the president should remove her. This is the first time in the history of the Hatch Act that a president has been urged to remove a staffer in his inner staff, in his inner circle. And I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, did George Stephanopoulos violate the Hatch Act when he was working for Clinton? How about David Axelrod when he was working for Obama and, or, or, uh, or the uh, creepy uh, ballerina, as we like to call Rahm Emanuel? A whole host of people who work for presidents and so forth. They all violated the Hatch Act? No, 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 no. Just Kellyanne Conway. And so severe are her violations that she needs to be removed from her job. Now, this is the kind of crap that's going on in the Washington, D.C. Capitol. The kind of double standards that are going on. 
So she should be fired. She should be fired. No, she shouldn't. Well, the only reason she should be fired is because of that fat slob husband of hers, quite frankly. What's his name? George Conway? George Wrongway Conway? Looks a lot like John Candy to me, doesn't he to you, Mr. Producer? But he's not funny. Every time he opens his big mouth, the media finds it important. Media finds it important. It's not important. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is going to retire from her job as the press secretary. I'm sure it is wearing. I'm sure it's exhausting dealing with the press every day. Can you imagine? And it's a 24-7 job. But she has been absolutely outstanding. Terrific. Absolutely terrific. I'm sorry to see her go, quite frankly. But look at this at Epic Times. By Mark Tapscott. Top Hoyer A coordinated steel dossier work with key Obama State Department officials. Looks like people are interfering with our election. Daniel Silverberg, then House Democratic Whip Stempy Hoyer's National Security Advisor, coordinated, quote, work on Russian dossier materials provided by Christopher Steele, unquote, with Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and Special Envoy for Libya, Jonathan Weiner, according to newly released documents made public by Judicial Watch. Now, I don't know this firsthand, but this is an article. They apparently have documents. A series of emails between September 26, 2016 and December 10, 2016 demonstrate that Weiner shared, quote, Russia-related information, unquote, that he obtained from Steele, whom he described as his old, old friend, with Newland, who then shared it with Silverberg. Weiner delayed a previously scheduled meeting with the State Department's Bureau of Intelligence and Research in order to share the information with Newland, according to Judicial Watch. So Newland, Newland is a senior muckety-muck over there at the Department of State, you see. Assistant Secretary of State. Multiple references in the emails to additional telephone calls and other contacts with unnamed or redacted parties, as well as discussion of a possible working group meeting, suggest an active response by Silverberg to the still dossier information he was provided by Newland and Weiner. All right, look, look, folks, here's what's going on. The Democrat Party, the Hillary campaign, and the Obama administration were all in cahoots. Oh, and the media. They were all in cahoots. This is why the media will never get to the bottom of this, because the media don't want to get to the bottom of this. Because in order to get to the bottom of this, the media will be exposing themselves. So they're not going to do that. Oh, did you hear the hypothetical question that George Stephanopoulos asked the president? And Steele's firm was named Orbis Business Intelligence. He's the former British spy who created the infamous dossier bearing his name based on salacious and unverified information obtained from Russian intelligence sources, alleging improper contacts and activities involving President Trump and during the 2016 campaign. The Attorney General of the United States says he, there were spies. He wants to know if there was a predicate, a legal predicate for the spies, the use of the FBI with the spies. 
Russian intelligence was involved in trying to take down the Trump campaign. Democrats don't want to know a damn thing about it. It's the hypothetical. My God, we're focused here. Don't don't distract us. These Republicans are trying to distract. I've heard this all over the media today. They're all using my argument that I posted on social media. Well, that's a distract. No, it's not. It's a fact. It's not a distraction. And uh, it gets into really quite serious detail here, of which I don't really need to go much further. And so I won't. Let's, uh, let's see, Mr. Producer. Let me see if I have the call screen up. I do not. Who shall I speak to? To whom shall I speak? W. Bob Don in Florida. Go. Hey, I have a hypothetical for you, Mark. Yes, what yes. if What if Yuri Lutsenko from the Ukrainian, uh, I guess, the general prosecutor, came over to the Trump administration and said, hey, I have a quid pro quo with, uh, with uh, the Manchurian candidate Biden. And his and son. Then, and his son, Mr. Hunter Biden. And Mr. Hunter Biden magically made about $2 million you know, working over there, and he made as much as 50000 a month for a short time. But then it turns out that, um, that Joe Biden, who can't shut his mouth about anything, says, hey, I had the damn prosecutor fired because he was threatening, right? And, they were and that's a home. direct quote, isn't it? Yeah, damn near. Nearly, yes, sir. And then he, then he goes off, and Hunter Biden is such an international businessman because of his vast years of experience doing this sort of thing. Maybe he got a Harvard MBA or something like that. I don't know. But he gets on and goes over. Uh, I suspect it was University of Delaware, but what do I know? Go ahead. Something like that. But then he somehow takes his magical wisdom from his Ukrainian experience, and then he goes over to China and works with a company similar to Huawei, some state-owned Chinese company, mm-hmm. and somehow makes $6 million off of that. Yep. And then the Manchurian candidate somehow will be, you know, I don't know that there was a quid pro quo there, but let's assume that the Chinese government... Well, let, let, let's do it this way. What do you think the Chinese government is trying to get? Access, right? Access or the ability... And, and, and hold on, and influence Joe Biden's decision-making. And isn't this what Joe Biden did just a few weeks ago? Come on, you think China really can compete with us? Come on, what are you thinking? No, no, terrorists. No, no, we're going to prosecute your son. Why would we do that? All right, Don. Excellent points. Now, Don, is Don still there? Oh, I'm still here, yeah. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. And if you already have one, keep the signed one and hand the other one to somebody, please. We appreciate it. Let's go to Ronnie in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go. Mark, I love you. Well, thank you, sir. You are a brother. Uh, we grew up in the same neighborhood. I'm actually shopping for a house in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, as we speak, for my that's, son and I. As you know, that's where I'm from, Cedar Road. They've built a monument to me there. Are you aware of this? Uh, you're, uh, I think it's famous. called a fire hydrant. <laughs> no, no, no. They should have one in, in the middle of the park for you. No, but, I, but I, we used to live on Cedar Road, 8203 Cedar Road. Yeah, we're right down the street now from the Glatham Parkway, that area. Oh, yeah. And, uh, my son... By the way, my son's name is Ronald Reagan. Uh, wow. If I, have a, if I have another son, it'll be named Mark Reed, I promise you. Aren't you nice? Um, 
And uh, he received a scholarship to Archbishop Wood. So we're trying to get closer. I know exactly where that is. Yep. Yeah, so um, you, you kind of stole my thunder, so the other caller, with regard to Hunter Biden, I'd just like to see his tax returns because the media has no problem picking on Trump's kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should see his. But uh, the reason I called, uh, just basically, I, w- I have a question for you. We yep. have, um, f- you, always, you know, people always ask you what we should do and how to, you know, how to get involved, and you always tell them, get involved locally, you want to have you do what you got to do. So we finally started a super PAC, and uh, it took forever because of, you know, where we stand on things. And, you know, if it was, you know, Democratic transvestites for abortion, it would have been approved in like a week, but it took a really long time. So we finally got it done. And my question for you... That uh, would be uh, the call, the letters DTA. (laughs) The DTA pack. Anyway, go ahead. So uh, we uh, we will in the future be advertising with you, so we won't tell you who we are now. But uh, oh, my geez. question is, the top three rhinos, who would you pick for the, the top three? Just off the top of your head, you know, who you think they would be, the top three? That Ron- I, uh, Romney, uh, McConnell, and, and there are many, by the way, and, uh, and uh, what's the guy, Cornyn. Okay. And they're not I the am- only ones. Unfortunately, there's about 30 of them. Yeah, because we are going to start the, uh, you know, the, the old school, uh, you know, public enemies list we're having the republican enemies list so your advice is very valuable to us so we just kind of wanted to all right well that's just off the the top of my head all right my brother thank you for your call let us continue actually i can't we'll be right back ExpressVPN, ladies and gentlemen. If you believe that you're not being snooped on, well, then I'm sorry to disappoint you. You're being snooped on. Hackers, governments, ad companies all slurp up your data. That's why I strongly recommend getting the software that I trust to protect my online activity. ExpressVPN. Their apps use powerful encryption to secure your data. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. And then you use the Internet just like you normally would. You download the app, click to connect, and you're protected. I never go online without ExpressVPN, and you shouldn't either. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN, costs less than 7 bucks a month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Take back your online privacy like I did with ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com mark. That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. Folks, today's Thursday. Have you ordered your copy of Unfreedom of the Press? Have you secured your copy for your father, for your husband, for your grandfather, for your brother? I'm telling you, it'll be the best Father's Day gift you can give. You go on Amazon.com, it's $16.80. You can get it tomorrow still, I think. But you're running out of time. You go into Costco, it's at Costco. You go into Walmart, it's supposed to be there. You go to Walmart. Barnes & Noble has tons of them. Books of Millions, Sam's, BJ's, Target. They all have them, except the airports, apparently. But seriously, get a copy for all the fathers in your life. I'm not saying you're polygamist. You understand what I mean. Grandfathers, fathers, brothers, husbands. Unfreedom of the press. I'm telling you, if they're patriots, they're going to really, really appreciate it. 
And I want to thank all the wonderful people who come on my social sites, too. Well, except the 1% who are miscreants. But the other 99%. There's a beautiful article put there. The Salem News from Salem, Massachusetts. Above and beyond, family honors Peabody officer for making kids feel safe. When fifth grader Selena Vargas was having trouble going to school out of concern, the Thomas Carroll School on North End Street could suffer a real lockdown, Peabody police officer Richard Cochran came to the rescue. Earlier this year, her mother, Jennifer Vargas, said she emailed Cochran, who is the resource officer for the city's elementary school, at 2 a.m. about her daughter's concerns about going to school. Selena was 10 at the time. Cochran's response was that he was there for the fifth grader who was moving up to the Higgins Middle School in the fall. But he didn't stop there. He met with the guidance counselor and Carroll principal Tracy Smith on the best way to address Selena's concerns. So they called Selena, the 10-year-old, into the office, and Cochran took time to help her overcome her fear. He showed the girl how the school building has security measures on its windows and doors that can prevent an intruder from getting into a classroom. We met, said Officer Cochran, and Jen told me some concerns that she was having. And it's hard because you look around the country and things are going on in schools. So a lot of people are put on guard. They're worried about their kids. So on Wednesday morning at the Carroll School, for going above and beyond to reassure her daughter and for the work Cochran does making kids in all elementary schools feel special, Jennifer Vargas and her family donated 15 copies of a police-themed hardcover children's book. The book called Our Police by author Jackie Levin describes to children what police do. The end of the year donation provided enough copies for the libraries at each of the city's eight elementary schools and copies for the Peabody Institute Library and its west west and south branches plus a few for Cochran, a 56-year-old father of three. Vargas also had labels made with the officer's picture on the inside cover to signify the donation. He makes every kid feel like they are his kid, Vargas said. Jennifer, her mother, and Selena, the 10-year-old, surprised Cochran with the book donation in a conference room off the main office at 9 a.m. after he finished up helping students cross a North End and Shamrock Streets. Both Selena and Cochran had tears welling in their eyes. Holy cow, it's very nice, he said. That is so nice. I don't know what to say. I want to say thank you for helping both of my kids, said Vargas, whose other daughter, Savannah, will be attending Peabody High in the fall. I've never had anything in all my time here that has meant as much as his, as this, rather, Cochran said. Very fortunate to work in the schools. And there's a photo there of uh, this wonderful officer and this wonderful young girl holding our police. Mr. Producer, can we post that, please, on my social sites? Hopefully with the photo. And I want to thank the individual who posted that on my social sites. I wish my parents were here to see it. Maybe they are seeing it. I don't know. But... That was the purpose of this book. I tell you, my dad was a great patriot. Every one of his books was about promoting America. And um, this book in particular was his last book, Our Police. I can remember showing it to him. We had two early copies. 
publisher had two early copies in August. The book wasn't coming out until October, and he was very proud of it. Very, very proud. When he was very, very ill, I said, you know, Pops, your book's coming out in a couple of weeks. And he smiled. And I smile now. What a wonderful story. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Don't forget, tonight... 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I will be on Hannity. Discussing all sorts of stuff, I suppose. Let's see here, Mr. Producer. You fired off another item to me here that I'm looking for right now. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody just sing. Okay. I can't find it, so we'll forget it. Okay. All right. You just sent it again? All right. Well, we're going to have to pass it for now. You see what's going on with federal spending, ladies and gentlemen? The May deficit surged to $208 billion, one month. 42% higher than last year. Now, honestly, the Democrats didn't take control of the House until this November, and they really weren't sworn in until what? January. So you can't blame them. And the Republicans have had the Senate throughout. This is why I try to explain to my fellow conservatives how bad Mitch McConnell is and his leadership team. They are a disaster. You can point to judges all you want. If we had a conservative as the Republican leader in the Senate, they would be promoting conservative, that is, constitutionalist judges too. So that's a given. They'd also be promoting securing the border. That's a given. This spending is completely out of control. Completely out of control. And those of you who have my book, Plunder and Deceit, you really ought to dust it off and take a look. And then look at your children and your grandchildren and ask where the hell we're going with this. Because this is a disaster. Federal spending tops $3 trillion through May for the first time. Let me read this to you from CNS. For the first time in the history of the United States, the federal government has spent more than $3 trillion in the first eight months of the fiscal year. Let's see. I mean, there's not even any effort. Even with the second highest tax revenues ever collected in the first eight months of the fiscal year, the federal government still ran a deficit for those eight months, ready for this, of $738 billion. Rounded off to $739 billion. You're looking at a trillion dollar deficit this year added to $22 trillion fiscal operating debt to over a $250 trillion unfunded liability. I mean, it, it's mind-boggling. 
So instead, we're going to talk about a hypothetical, you see, or whether the president used the word nasty the other day in a way that people don't like. And we're going to talk about a porn star. We're going to talk. This is this is the problem. We need a free press. We need a press that's going to inform us about what's going on. CNS is part of a free press. You won't hear this on cable TV. You just won't. Or the television networks. They don't care. The more spending, the better. That empowers government. Now, when you listen to these numbers, when you read these numbers and then put them in the context with what the Democrats are proposing, you can see this country will implode from within, within 20 or 30 years if they get elected. This can't keep up. I want to thank the Drudge Report. Matt's linking to these stories. These are important stories. But nobody else seems to care. Oh, it's boring. It's a number. Oh, they'll care when you turn into Venezuela. They'll care when you can't get toilet paper. You know, they're free this, free that, free that. What happens when there's nothing to give? Because that's what we're talking about. When there's nothing to give. Um, I'm waiting for the fact checkers. Because Joe Biden said something the other day. Which is really, I mean, heinous, if you will. If any of you have had cancer or a family member who's had cancer, a family member who's died from cancer. It's a horrible thing. And then there's this story. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden has received a wave of backlash for promising to find a cure for cancer if he's elected in 2020. Let's play that for everybody to hear, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. But when it happens to you, you know. That's why I've uh, worked so hard in my career to make sure that uh, I promise you... uh, If I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. Uh, You think I'm... I mean, this is pretty damn outrageous. It really is. Cancer. There are many forms of cancer. It's very complicated. There have been uh, some breakthroughs, some progress, depending on the kind of cancer. Other types of cancer are just as deadly as they've always been. It's a very complicated matter. As I say, there's different kinds of cancers. So for some politician to say, you elect me, I'm going to cure cancer. I mean, that, that to me is the biggest lie of all the lies I've heard, and I don't know how long, and it gets almost no attention. And it is a, it is a, uh, it's a horrible thing to say. You can say, I'm going to do everything I can to... Uh, to try and uh, increase research on cancer or whatever the, the particular issue is. And maybe one day we'll have a cure. But if I'm elected, we'll cure cancer. Oh, well, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because if I vote for him, we will cure cancer. I mean, he should be ridiculed for this. I don't even be made fun of, ridiculed for saying such an outrageous thing. Because it's not going to happen. If you elect him, it's going to cure cancer. I mean, he was vice president for eight years. Obama was president for eight years. Did they cure cancer? No. Well, what's he waiting for? Why did he have to wait till now to cure cancer? Seems to me that's a very important thing to do when you're vice president. 
All right. Elliot, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark, it's a real pleasure to, for you to take my call. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it certainly is. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I got hooked on your show because you actually engage in the legal analysis uh, of certain issues that, that you actually deal with. And I just want to tell you, don't stop doing that. Thank uh, you. Don't ever, don't ever think you're being born because you're not. But speaking of uh, legal analysis, since exoneration is a new standard uh, for, for this sort of thing, uh, since Joe Biden hasn't been exonerated for obstruction of justice by, uh, you know, threatening to fire a prosecutor and not, not to mention some in, inappropriate behavior. This, this relates to Ukraine, your son. I'm sorry? Joe Biden threatening to fire a prosecutor? What are you talking about? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he, with, with, the, with the investigation of his son. Right. That's what I said. It, yep. And, and since he hasn't been... Since I hasn't should say been hungry. Hungry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, since he hasn't been exonerated, I mean, isn't that a dis- disqualifier? Well, you're right. We have all kinds of new standards that need to be applied to Democrats. But let me ask you a serious question, Elliot. You think Mitt Romney's going to ever play their game? Do you think Mitch McConnell's tough enough to play their game? These guys are pathetic. Pathetic. The Democrats have created new standards, a new precedent for subpoenas. Do you think the Republicans, when they control these committees, are going to do that in the House? They're not doing it in the Senate. It's just appalling. They don't fight, which is why you like Trump, so many of us, because he does fight. Which is why, you know, the only people Romney fights are on his own side. So, so he fights Trump, but he doesn't fight Schumer. Tell me, what the hell has Mitt Romney said about Chuck Schumer lately? Nothing. Uh, nothing bad. Nothing bad. That's exactly right, Elliot. Don't hang up. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. And don't forget, you can go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, and we have the entire uh, Levin TV show for this evening in front of the paywall so you can all see it. It is a you know, a concise 15-minute show. They tend to run about 30, 35 minutes. Uh, but I said what I needed to say. So I hope you'll check it out. Let's go to Lucas, Sarasota, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's such fake anger that you have right there. Why don't you play the whole entire clip of what Biden said? If anybody has the right to talk about wanting to cure cancer or fund it. He didn't say, hey, pal, pal. I had two parents who just died from cancer. I had other relatives who have cancer. Don't pull that with me. There are other people with other ailments out there. You're running for president. You're a politician. He said he'll cure cancer. He didn't say what you said. And I played the entire clip that's relevant to this. Who do you think you are coming on here acting like a tough guy? I played the entire clip. And you don't go on as a politician and say, you elect me, I'm going to cure cancer. Because he's not. Now get off the phone, you idiot. And no, nobody has the right to say that. Nobody. Because it's a lie. How's he going to cure cancer if he's elected president of the United States? It's like these guys running around on climate change. Elect me and I'll take care of the climate. Then when you call them, ladies and gentlemen, you call them out for their outrageous, over-the-top comments. I get a caller like this, this nudnik. He doesn't have the right to say it. That has nothing to do with it. And yes, his family has suffered horribly. 
but so have many other families. You don't have a right to say, you elect me, I'm going to cure cancer. If Donald Trump said, elect me, I'm going to cure cancer, we'd never hear the end of it. He answers a hypothetical. We never hear the end of it. And if he did say that, we should never hear the end of it. I want to know how Joe Biden's going to cure cancer. He was vice president for eight years. He was in the Senate over 40 years. We didn't cure cancer. Politicians don't cure cancer. Researchers cure cancer. Lab technicians cure cancer. People who are skilled in these areas cure cancer. Not politicians running for office. We played all the relevant, all the relevant part. I don't want any more calls on this. I don't want any more calls on this. I said what I had to say, and it's correct. And it was disgraceful, what he said, in my opinion. None of these politicians are going to cure cancer. I can remember when Nixon said, we're going to spend a billion dollars and find a cure for cancer. We're still looking. As I said at the beginning, some improvements have seriously been made depending on the kind of cancer. But in other areas, we haven't made any improvements, quite frankly. It's like mental health. What if he said, I'm running for president, I'm going to cure Alzheimer's. We're so far away from curing Alzheimer's, it's horrible. It's a sin. Dementia and so forth. That's just what we need, the politics. You elect me. These are, that's a snake oil salesman comment. That's what that is. And I have every right to be angry about it. Even if my family hadn't suffered from cancer, and it has. But that's not the point. It's not a personal matter. He's not going to cure cancer. And don't play with people's heartstrings that way. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's continue with our phone calls, shall we? Yes, I think we shall. Tim, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the great KVOR, go. Mr. Levin, regarding the interview that Trump did with George Stuffin Envelopes, it's uh, typical of blending apples and oranges to create lemonade like the media does, except it's not lemonade. It only has the same color. But the two different apples and oranges is that Trump was answering a question from stuff in envelopes from the perspective of an individual from a foreign country. Christopher Ray was specifically talking about foreign governments and individuals representing foreign governments, apples and oranges. And I hope somebody gets that straight because Laura didn't get it right last night. Uh, Lindsay really didn't get it right today. And it's pretty basic. All right, sir. I appreciate it. Lisa, Atlanta, Georgia, XM Satellite, go. Hey, I just want to talk about term limits and the budget, because that Congress is the problem. Trump is not the problem. Congress is the problem. They get paid $174,000 a year. They get a pension after one term, which is two years for the House, and the best health care 
that's enough for them. Meanwhile, it takes 20 years of service to get a pension for military. And you're not guaranteed a VA benefit. How about this? How about we cut their salaries when the uh, deficit goes up? How about we have, you know, they like to talk about merit. I'm all for merit. How about we put them on some kind of merit-based income? Yeah. But they won't do it. They're never going to vote themselves anything based on merit, that's for sure. Exactly. They're never going to do anything. I mean, look, look at these fools now in the House of Representatives. Look at them. Tripping over each other with subpoenas, accusing the president of crimes, talking about impeachment. Should we impeach? Shouldn't we impeach? Should he be indicted? For what? For nothing. Here, the American people, they elect these clowns. They put them in the House of Representatives. Look at them. They look like fools. I mean, they really look like fools. And where the hell is the Senate? Where are those clowns? When are they going to wake up? They're not working for the American people. No, they're working for illegal aliens. They're working for criminals against the cops. Now I got to hear all the code pink Republicans, like Conga Line coming on. Iran is taking um, warlike acts against its neighbors, against us. It's blowing up oil tankers. We need to have these navigable waters free for commerce throughout the world. They're threatening our troops. They're threatening uh, our allies. And it's Trump's fault and Pompeo's fault. And Bolton's fault. This is the crap we're hearing now. And everybody wants a war. Everybody in the Beltway wants a war. This is the crap we're hearing now. So you can't state as a traditional conservative who loves your country, who wants to protect our military assets, who believes that there ought to be shipping through these navigable waters. You can't state, well, you know what? What the Iranians are doing, what the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran is doing is provocative. These are acts of war. Oh, you must be a neocon. Oh, you must like war. I'm not a neocon and I don't like war, you jerks. On the other hand, I'm not a code pink Republican either. And what happens, Lisa, when these code pink Republicans and Democrats get their way? What happens is they're bigger disasters with more casualties. That is true. And the states don't have the balls to do a convention of states propose any constitutional amendments. Well, we've got 14 of them, and uh, in our group, uh, our friends, uh, Meckler's group, they're working very, very hard on this. I'm very, very proud of them. All right, thanks for your call, but I was talking about foreign policy. I hate these attack America first type people, whether they're national populists on the right or national populists on the left. They pretend to be patriotic, but every time... Every time an enemy stands up, it's our fault. Why, why do you, we want war? No, we don't want... We're not looking for a war, ladies and gentlemen. We're good people in a good country. I'll be right back. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Here's some news you will have missed if you watch CNN or MSLSD. This is from the Star Tribune, well-known right-wing newspaper. Amy Forlitti. Actually, it's citing the Associated Depressed. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota campaign finance official said last week that Democratic U.S. Representative and bigot Anti-Semite Ilhan Omar 
misuse campaign funds in violation of state rules. They also revealed that she had filed joint tax returns with her husband. Years before, they were legally married, and at a time when she was married to another man. Oh, so confusing. In other words, tax fraud? The revelation put the freshman representative under more scrutiny from critics who've taken issue with her marital past. Is there an issue with her marital past? Oh, yeah. One tax expert said that if there's no criminal intent and the issue's been corrected, she's unlikely to face any criminal consequences. No, 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 no. We have new standards with the Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. She's guilty. Guilty as hell. Guilty as hell. She goes to prison. She goes to the House of Representatives cafeteria where she's locked up for seven years. What did Omar do wrong? The Minnesota Campaign Finance and Public Disclosure Board said Omar and her husband, Ahmed Akayabadaba, filed joint tax returns for 2014 and 2015 before they were actually married. And while Omar was legally wed to another man. Hmm. While some states allow for joint filing for common law marriages, Minnesota does not. And f- but, but there wouldn't be a common law marriage. She's married to somebody else. Married to somebody else. What has Omar said about this? Very little in response to questions. Well, we need George Stephanopoulos. They ask her real questions, not hypotheticals. Why isn't there an ethics complaint against her? How, how is it that these people escape all this stuff? I just don't, I don't get it. It's like this guy, Elijah Cummings and his wife. What's her name again? Rosie Moore or something or other? Romney Moore. Less Romney. Something like that. She's got a nonprofit, a for-profit. Money donated to her nonprofit by various organizations that are called to testify in front of Elijah Cummings' committee, in which he uses them in a positive way, and then they get funding from the federal government, organizations for which he has oversight. I mean, what kind of crap is that? How come an ethics complaint hasn't been filed against him? Why aren't the Republicans on that committee, like Mark Meadows and others, demanding that Elijah Cummings step down? I don't know why. Because they're all buddies, I guess. I, I don't know why. It just seems so obvious to me. Any of the Republicans on that committee. Have you ever asked yourself just how can I live a virtuous life? Much like Omar here. Married to a man. Files jointly with another man. Even though it's not her husband. Becomes the husband. Oh my goodness. Have you ever asked yourself just how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depend on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, And it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course. Did he say free? He did. Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life. Featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written. At levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I'm sick of the news. Most of it's not even news to begin with. Thomas, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go right ahead, sir. Mark, it's an honor uh, listening to you. Thank you for what, everything you are doing. Thank you. Uh, I'm a Ukrainian. I was born in Ukraine, and mm-hmm. I'm following the news in Ukrainian and in English here. And I just wanted to say uh, a couple of things about uh, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden has been visiting Ukraine I don't even know how many times. And it was suspicious from day one. Because uh, people like me expected that he was going to help Ukraine with Russia's invasion. And uh, most importantly, we were expecting for years uh, that Barack Obama or Joe Biden or that administration would allow us to purchase lethal weapons from the United States. They did nothing. They did nothing. They did nothing. But uh, Joe Biden was only concerned about one of the largest uh, gas fields in Ukraine that his son, his son was uh, uh, bought on the board of directors uh, of a company called Burisma. And that's the company that is controlled by uh, one of the Ukrainian oligarchs. So they were going to develop that. And as soon as they started doing that, that's when Russia attacked and that's when Russia invaded eastern Ukraine. Hmm. Remember, they, they invaded Crimea only. I don't think they ever had any plans to go into eastern Ukraine. But they were securing their gas. You think they wanted to steal their gas or at least cut it off and then continue to promote their own gas? And the thing is, uh, Barack Obama never visited Ukraine in all eight years. He didn't find any time to do that. And that was that was upsetting enough. But another point that I wanted to mention is that the media in Ukraine is totally copying and pasting liberal media in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. The kind of dirt that they put every day and still do this against Donald Trump is just all Well, they really shouldn't because Donald Trump has done a hell of a lot more f- to try and defend the Ukraine than Obama has ever done. Absolutely. But you're not going to find anything on the citations to CNN, MSNBC, zero positive information about everything that Donald Trump did for Ukraine. And that is very upsetting. And one of the reasons, in my opinion... By by the way, let me just let let me ask you a question. You know, I've written this book on unfreedom of the press. And in Chapter 6, I address, among other things, the Holocaust as well as Stalin's starvation of the Ukrainians. You, I'm sure, knew about this, but the general public didn't know about this. Don't you think it's important to know about this? It is is incredibly important. I mean, almost virtually every family was affected by the famine, in 1932 and 1933, it's around like 3 million people that died of starvation, and the media and everyone lied. lied. And uh, the um, New York Times, actually I forgot his name, Walter Durante, I believe. It was Durante who was a propagandist for Stalin. Actually, uh, our diaspora wanted to put um, huge effort to provide food and to send trains to Ukraine. And actually, in order to do that, they wanted uh, the support from the West. So he was that agent, the scumbag, that actually lied and said that everything was fine in Ukraine. That's correct. The reporters reporters went to Ukraine, 
and Soviets created Potomkin's village-style type of installations. Everything looked perfect. And well, people- well, well, some reporters, like uh, for the uh, Manchester Guardian, uh, including Muggeridge, he went and he saw and he reported that the conditions were horrific, absolutely horrific. And so uh, the New York Times had to know there were other European papers that pointed it out, too. Not a lot, but others. But part of the problem was Duraney was so powerful, was such a powerful newspaper, he was intimidating. And with other reporters would try and raise this in Europe and so forth, he would write pieces trashing them in the pages of the New York Times. This is the New York Times. Listen, my friend, I want to thank you. I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. If you already have your own copy, please give it to somebody else. Don't hang up. Oh, yeah. Gordon, Chicago, Illinois, XM Satellite. Go. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, yes, sir. When, when uh, Trump was being interviewed by Stenopoulos, I think he uh, rope-a-doped him. I think he, he's, he's got now all these great sound bites of outrage from the left. Tomorrow he can just play a few of them, and then he can come out and say, you know, I understand how they feel. Because they did that to me. Well, listen, people are already saying that thanks to me. So I don't know if he rope it doped him, but, uh, you know, Stephanopoulos is in the uh, hit squad business, political hit squad business. He's a leftist. He's an old-time Democrat. He's dressed up as a journalist. And uh, I think that's the response now. I don't know that the president was thinking about that at the time, uh, but that is the response. That is... You really want to look at interference, then you got to look at the Democrat Party and Hillary Clinton. And uh, they didn't take information uh, from the Russians. They paid for information. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, which has killed hundreds and hundreds of American soldiers, which is uh, funding and arming Hezbollah, another terrorist organization, as well as Hamas, which is building a caliphate of its own in Yemen, parts of Iraq, parts of Syria, threatening United States armed forces, has blown up now four oil tankers, And it's John Bolton's fault and Mike Pompeo's fault. Now, this is the kind of sick crap you get from the code pink left and the code pink Republicans. Absolutely outrageous. Why are you trashing Pompeo and Bolton? Oh, they must be neocons. No, you're a neo-idiot. Pathetic. And, you know, when you say stuff like that, you know, these guys are whispering in the president's ear. You're demeaning the president. The president knows what he wants to do. You know, my good friends at the Media Research Center, and this is a spectacular organization, and they have wonderful leadership with Brent and Tim and Terry over there, are planning this terrific cruise to the Mediterranean in September. And I'm told it's filling up very fast. And last time it sold out. Go to mrccruise.com or call 888-MRC-TRIP. For all the details, there's a formula for these things, and the MRC has really figured it out. Now, what does that mean? Well, it starts with great speakers. In this case, you have Brent Bozell himself, 
my buddy Alan West, my buddy Cal Thomas, good man Jason Chavitz, good man Joseph Piscopo, the Honorable James Buckley, a tremendous man, my buddy Terry Jeffrey. I mean, these are really great, smart, fun, entertaining patriots. These are people who are intelligent, interesting, leaders in their field, and people who enjoy talking with you. If you sign up, you'll get to have dinner with a few of them and pick their brains. It's an extraordinary opportunity to have fun, camaraderie, learn. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It really is. And they also pick excellent ships with great itineraries, and they're really focused on making sure everyone is fun and everyone's taken care of. Now, it's not all serious. Of course, you'll be discussing serious topics, but the goal is to have fun and meet like-minded people, and I guarantee you'll make lifelong friends. All you have to do is go to mrccruise.com or call 888-MRC-TRIP, and they can answer all your questions. But do it right now, folks. It's also a perfect Father's Day gift. That's mrccruise.com, mrccruise.com, or 888-MRC-TRIP, 888-MRC-TRIP. Now, the program's almost over. It's Thursday. Again, I want to remind you at 9.30 p.m., about 40 minutes from now, Eastern Time, I'll be on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. I hope you'll watch. I also want to remind you the Levin TV show for tonight is in front of the, uh, of the paywall. It's available to anybody who wants to see it. Uh, I have it on my website, excuse me, on my social sites, Mark Levin Facebook. I'll get it right one of these days. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. You can also get it over at, at our Levin TV Facebook or Blaze TV. We're all over the place. And please don't forget, it's Thursday. You got to move quickly. Get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press for your husband, your father, your grandfather, or your son for Father's Day, or all of them. All the fathers in your life, as I say. You can go to Amazon right now. It's 40% off $16.80. You're not going to do any better than that in terms of a gift. Uh, and it's at every major book retail and every major warehouse retail. Uh, I know Barnes & Noble, among others, is loaded with these books. They've really done a great job at all these retail stores. So I hope you'll check them out, too. But if you need to act, you got to act because the uh, Sunday's coming upon us. Fred, Birmingham, Alabama. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Mark, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you with this unfreedom of the press. I've been listening about uh, to you for a while now, and I saw it uh, firsthand this morning with the communist broadcasting system, CBS News reporting uh, George Stephanopoulos, uh, I guess it should be Snuffleupagus. Right. Uh, taking bits and pieces out of context of the interview, making the president look like some kind of buffoon. I'm, I'm thinking seriously about trying to uh, require, make your books required reading in my college classes that I teach. I just, I, Whoa, I just you teach college? You, I appreciate you so much. Well, I appreciate that. What kind of things do you teach in college? Well, I teach uh, 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 usually economics classes, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, also teach uh, uh, an American constitutional government class as well. Listen, I'm, I'm really impressed with that. I appreciate it. So I'll tell you what, we'll send you a signed copy so you can give that to one of your, to one of your uh, kids, although I guess school's almost over, but, but give it to somebody else. I really appreciate that, sir. Very kind of you. So there's a gentleman who teaches economics and, uh, and the Constitution in college. And on freedom of the press. 
He likes it. And I really want to strongly encourage you to get your copy for Father's Day. Look, I'm not kidding about this. You're the Thomas Paine. You need to spread the word. I can't do it all by myself. It's really the grassroots that matter in this country. Okay, let's continue. Charles, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Hello. I don't agree, I don't agree with that other guy that the president should rope it up when he does interviews. I don't he think he know. did. I don't, I don't think he did rope it up. Well, I don't, I don't know what he did, but he should know these people are about to, to kill him, to murder him. They don't care about anything but getting him. He, he should know he's not going to get a, uh, a Oprah, you know, an Oprah interview. This mm-hmm. is going to be war. Every question, he should be prepared to turn this thing around. When, they, when, uh, when he asked that question, he should have said, well, what, you know, what you said. He should have said, well, what about a candidate that pays for, pays for uh, dirt? Mm-hmm. You know, every single question should be like that. It shouldn't be so relaxed, you know? And, and well, who, who am I to tell him? He got elected president of the United States. I'm sitting behind a microphone. I know, but I think he's just a little too trusting of these people. You know, I don't think he trusts them. I think he gave an honest answer. And, of course, they twist everything he says. Everything he says. They, they twist what he says, where he says it, when he says it. And that's why, that's why you, you, you got to work your way around it and, uh, and look at other sources of information. And that's why you need to engage the left, even if they dressed up as journalists and pound these people. Charles, I want to thank... Well, you know, Charles, I'm going to send you a... I'm in a very generous mood. A signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press, too. Don't hang up. I can't send them to everybody. But they're out there for you if you want to get your copy. It's the number one... Let me say this just to tick them off. It's the number one hardcover ebook, nonfiction book in America. And the New York Times had to acknowledge it. I'm sorry, but they did. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all you heroes out there. I'll see you in 30 minutes on Hannity. Please don't miss us. Get your copy on Freedom of the Press. Time's running out. See you tomorrow. God bless you.